0: Hi, everybody. This is Richard Conwisher, and it's my honor to serve as the senior pastor of Peachtree Presbyterian Church in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us for what we are calling Quest. It's a biblical journey where we are reading the Bible together, the ultimate search, where we find out that God is actually searching for us. Many people have attempted to read the Bible from cover to cover, and what we find is that many people start out with great hope and don't make it to the end of the quest. We hope that this year will be different for you. Instead of trying to read the entire Bible in terms of every word and every page, we've highlighted the key chapters and with only about 30 minutes or so per week worth of reading, we know that you will get the whole arc of the story and then everything you read after that will have more meaning and depth and significance and beauty and wonder. And so we're glad that you're joining us on this quest. What we will do is we will read each week's portion of it, because we know that so many of you are busy and might not have time to sit down and to read it with your own eyes. And what's interesting about this, as you potentially listen to this in your car or while you're washing the dishes in the kitchen or while you're on a morning walk or exercise routine, is that the Bible was intentionally and originally meant to be heard For most of human history, the Bible was spoken aloud and repeated and repeated. And so we hope that with this podcast, you will get to hear each week's worth of reading and that you ask questions and you explore and you go back and you look deeper. I know that my Bible quest has been a lifelong journey and that my hunger for God only continues to grow throughout the years. And so we're grateful that you're with us. And if you want to find out more information or get more resources on the reading, go to peachtreechurch.com slash quest. And now for today's reading, listen to the word of the Lord. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all of the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The book of Judges, chapter 1. After the death of Joshua... The Israelites asked the Lord, Who of us is to go up first to fight against the Canaanites? And the Lord answered, Judah shall go up. I have given the land into their hands. Now the men of Judah then said to the Simeonites, their fellow Israelites, Come up with us into the territory allotted to us to fight against the Canaanites. We, in turn, will go with you into yours. And so the Simeonites went with them. And when Judah attacked, the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hands, and they struck down 10,000 men at Bezek. It was there that they found Adonai Bezek and fought against him, putting to rout the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they chased him and caught him, and they cut off his thumbs and his big toes. Then Adonibezek Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and big toes cut off have picked up scraps under my table and now God has paid me back for what I did to them. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. The men of Judah attacked Jerusalem also and took it, and they put the city to the sword and set it on fire. And after that, Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites living in the hill country the Negev, and the western foothills. They advanced against the Canaanites living in Hebron, formerly called Kiriath Arba. And they defeated Sheshai and Ahaman and Talmai. And from there they advanced against the people living in Debir, formerly called Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, I will give my daughter Aksa in marriage to the man who attacks and captures Kiriath Sefer. Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, took it. And so Caleb gave his daughter Aksa to him in marriage. One day when she came to Othniel, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And when she got off her donkey, Caleb asked her, What can I do for you? She replied, Do me a special favor. Since you have given me the land in Negev, then give me also springs of water. And so Caleb gave her the upper and lower springs. The descendants of Moses' father in law, the Kenite, went up from the city of palms and the people of Judah to live among the inhabitants in the desert of Judah in the Negev near Arad. And then the man of Judah went with the Simeonites and their fellow Israelites and attacked the Canaanites living in Zephath, and they totally destroyed the city. Therefore, it was called Hormah. And Judah also took Gaza and Ashkelon and Ekron, each city with its territory. And the Lord was with the men of Judah. They took possession of the hill country, but they were unable to drive the people from the plains, because they had chariots that were fitted with iron. As Moses had promised, Hebron was given to Caleb, who drove from it the three sons of Anak, The Benjamites, however, did not drive out the Jebusites, who were living in Jerusalem. And to this day, the Jebusites live there with the Benjamites. Now the tribes of Joseph attacked Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And when they sent the men to spy out Bethel, formerly called Luz, the spies saw a man coming out of the city. And they said to him, Show us how to get into the city, and we will see that you... Are treated well. And so he showed them, and they put the city to the sword, but spared the man and his whole family. And then they went to the land of the Hittites, where he had built a city, and called it Luz, which is its name to this very day. But Manasseh did not drive out the people of Bethshan or Ta'anak, or Dor, or Ibliam or Megiddo and their surrounding settlements for the Canaanites were determined to live in that land and when Israel became strong they pressed the Canaanites into forced labor but never drove them out completely nor did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites living in Gazer But the Canaanites continued to live there among them, and neither did the Zebulun drive out the Canaanites living in the Kitron, or Nahalol, or so these Canaanites lived among them, but the Zebulun did subject them to forced labor. Nor did Asher drive out those living in Akko, or Sidon, or Alab, or Aksib, or Helba, or Athik, or Rehob. The Asherites lived among the Canaanites' inhabitants of the land because they did not drive them out. And neither did the Naphtali drive out those living in Beth Shemesh or Beth Anath. But the Naphtalites too lived among the Canaanite inhabitants of the land. And those living in Beth Shemesh and Beth Anath became forced laborers for them. The Amorites confined the Danites to the hill country, not allowing them to come down into the plain. And the Amorites were determined also to hold out in Mount Heraz, Aijalon, and Shabalim, But when the power of the tribes of Joseph increased, they too were pressed into forced labor. The boundary of the Amorites was from Scorpion Past to Selah and beyond. Judges chapter 2. The angel of the Lord went up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I brought you up out of Egypt and led you into the land I swore to give to your ancestors. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall not make a covenant with the people of this land, but you shall break down their altars. And yet you have disobeyed me. Why have you done this? And I have also said, I will not drive them out before you. They will become traps for you and their gods will become a snare to you. And when the angel of the Lord had spoken these things to all the Israelites, the people wept aloud, and they called the place Bochim. And there they offered sacrifices to the Lord. After Joshua had dismissed the Israelites, then they went to take possession of the land, each to their own inheritance. The people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, of the elders who outlived him, and who had seen all the great things that the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of hundred and ten, and they buried him in the land of his inheritance, in the Timnath Haris, a hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that whole generation had gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what the Lord had done for Israel. And the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped the various gods of the peoples around them, and they aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. In his anger against Israel, the Lord gave them into the hands of the raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, whom they were no longer able to resist. And whenever Israel went out to fight, the hand of the Lord was against them to defeat them, just as he had sworn to them. They were in great distress. Then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of these raiders. And yet they would not listen to their judges, but prostituted themselves to other gods and worshiped them. They quickly turned from the ways of their ancestors who had been obedient to the Lord's commands. And whenever the Lord raised up a judge for them, he was with the judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies as long as the judge lived. For the Lord relented because of their groaning under those who oppressed and afflicted them. But when the judge died, the people returned to ways even more corrupt than those of their ancestors, following other gods, serving, and worshiping them. They refused to give up their evil practices and their stubborn ways. Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and said, Because this nation has violated the covenant that I ordained for their ancestors and has not listened to me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. I will use them to test Israel and to see whether they will keep the way of the Lord and walk in it as their ancestors did. And the Lord had allowed those nations to remain. He did not drive them out by giving them to the lands of Joshua. Judges chapter 3. These are the nations the Lord left to test all those Israelites who had not experienced any of the wars in Canaan. He did this only to teach warfare to the descendants of the Israelites who had not previously had battle experiences. The five rulers of the Philistines, all the Canaanites, the Sidonites, the Hivites living in the Lebanon mountains from Mount Baal-Hermon to lebo Hamath. And they were left to test the Israelites to see whether they would obey the Lord's commands that he had given to their ancestors through Moses. And the Israelites lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And they took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters unto their sons, and they served their gods. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They forgot the Lord their God served the Baals and the Asherahs. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and so he sold them into the hands of the Cushan, Rishonathim, king of the Aram Naharim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. When they cried out to the Lord, he raised up for them a deliverer, Othniel, son of Kenaz, Caleb's youngest brother, who saved them. The Spirit of the Lord came on him, and so that he became Israel's judge and went to war. The Lord gave Cushan, Risha to King of Aram, into the hands of Othniel, who overpowered him. And so the land had peace for 40 years until Othniel, son of Kenaz, died. Again, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. Because they did this evil, the Lord gave them Eglon, king of Moab, power over Israel. And getting the Ammonites and the Amalekites to join him, Eglon came and attacked Israel, and they took possession of the city of Palms. The Israelites were subject to Eglon, king of Moab, for 18 years. And again, the Israelites cried out to the Lord, and he gave them a deliverer. Ehud, a left-handed man, the son of Gera the Benjamite, and the Israelites sent him with tribute to Eglon king of Moab. Now Ehud had made a double-edged sword about a cubit long, which he strapped to his right thigh under his clothing, and he presented the tribute to Eglon king of Moab, who was a very fat man. After Ehud had presented the tribute, he sent on their way those who had carried it. But on reaching the stone images near Gilgal, he himself went back to Eglon and said, Your majesty, I have a secret message for you. The king said to his attendants, Leave us, and they all left. Ehud then approached him, and while he was sitting alone in the upper chamber of his palace, he said, I have a message from God for you. As the king rose from his seat, Ehud reached with his left hand, drew the sword from his right thigh, and plunged it into the king's belly. Even the handle sank in after the blade and his bowels discharged. Ehud did not pull the sword out, and the fat closed in over it. And then Ehud went out to the porch, and he shut the doors of the upper room behind him and locked them. And after he had gone, The servants came and found the doors of the upper room locked. They said, He must be relieving himself in the inner room of the palace. They waited to the point of embarrassment. But when he did not open the doors of the room, they took a key and unlocked them. And there they saw their lord to the floor, fallen, dead. And while they waited, Yehud got away. He passed by the stone images and escaped to seerah And when he arrived there, he blew a trumpet in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went down forth from the hills, and with him leading them, "'Follow me,' he ordered, "'for the Lord has given Moab your enemy into your hands.' And they followed him down and took possession of the fords of the Jordan that led to Moab, and they allowed no one to cross over." At that time, they struck down about 10,000 Moabites, all vigorous and strong. No one escaped. That day, Moab was made subject to Israel, and the land had peace for 80 years. After Ehud came Shamgar, son of Anath, who struck down 600 Philistines with an ox goad. He too saved Israel. Judges chapter 4. Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and now that Ehud was dead, so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of the army, was based in Harosheth, Hagoim. And because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for twenty years, they cried to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kadesh, and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sistra, the commander of Jabin's army, and with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you were taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh, and there Barak summoned the Zebulun, the Naphtali, and ten thousand men went up under his command, and Deborah also went with him. Now Haber, the Kenite that had left for the other Kenites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother in law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zaanim near Kadesh. And when they told Sisera that Barak son of Abinoam had gone up from Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Harosheth Hagoim into the Kishon River, and all his men and his nine hundred chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go. This is the day that the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? And so Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And at Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword. And Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harosheth Haragoim, And all Sisera's truth fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. And so he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some water she opened a skin of milk and gave him a drink and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. And she drove the peg threw his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then Barak came in by pursuit of Sisera, and Gile went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man that you were looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera with the tent peg through his temple, dead. And on that day, God subdued King Jabin of Canaan before the Israelites. And the hands of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin king of Canaan until they destroyed him. Judges chapter 5. On that day, Deborah and Barak son of Abinoam, sang this song. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings, listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. When you, Lord, went out from Seir, when you marched from the land of Edom, the earth shook and the heavens poured, the clouds poured down water. The mountains quaked before the Lord, the one of Sinai. Before the Lord, the God of Israel, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned. Travelers took to their winding paths. Villagers in Israel would not fight. They headed back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. God chose new leaders when war came to the city gates. But when not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 Israel, My heart is with Israel's princes, with willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You who ride on white donkeys, sitting on your saddle blankets, and you who walk along the road, consider the voice of the singers at the watering places. They recite the victories of the Lord, the victories of his villagers in Israel. And then the people of the Lord went down to the city gates. Wake up! Wake up, Deborah! Wake up! Wake up! Break out in song! Arise, Barak, take captives, your captives, of the son of Abinoam. And the remnants of the nobles came down, and the people of the Lord came down to meet me against the mighty. Some came down from Ephraim, whose roots were an Amalek. Benjamin was with the people who followed you. From Maker, captains came down, from Zebulun, those who bear a commander's staff, the princes of Issachar were with Deborah. Yes, Issachar was with Barak. Sent under his command into the valley in the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheep pens to hear the whistling of the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Gilead stayed behind the Jordan, and Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. The people of Zebulun risked their very lives, and so did Naphtali on their terraced fields. Kings came, and they fought. The kings of Canaan fought at Taanach by the waters of Megiddo. They took no plunder of silver from the heavens their stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away in the age-old river. The river Kishon, march on, my soul, and be strong. Then thundered the horse's hooves, galloping and galloping. Go, his mighty steeds. Curse Meraz, said the angel of the Lord. Curse its people bitterly, because they do not come for the help of the Lord, to help the Lord against the mighty. Most blessed of women be Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. Most blessed of tent-dwelling women He asked for water, and she gave him milk. In a bowl fit for nobles, she brought him curdled milk And her hand, reached for the tent peg, her right hand for the workman's hammer, and she struck Sisera. She crushed his head. She shattered and pierced his temple. At her feet he sank. He fell. There he lay. At her feet he sank, and he fell. Where he sank, there he fell dead." Through the window peered Sisera's mother. Behind the lattice she cried out, Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why is the clatter of his chariots delayed? The wisest of her ladies answered her. Indeed, she keeps saying to herself, Are they not finding and dividing the spoils, A woman or two for each man? Colorful garments as plunder for Sisera, Colorful garments embroidered, highly embroidered garments for my neck as they all plunder. So may all your enemies perish, Lord. But may all who love you be like the sun when it rises in its strength. Then the land had peace for forty years. Thank you so much for joining us today on our quest. And we hope that weekend and week out, you're getting to experience and explore and discover God's incredible desire and search for you. If you have any further questions or want more information, go to peachtreechurch.com slash quest. And we would love to hear from you and hope that you are experiencing the wonder and the majesty of God as you listen to his word. And if you stay with us on the whole journey, I know you'll have this bigger perspective of life, reality, and of your role in it. We're so glad that you're joining us and we wish you God's very best.